You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 290th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in sunny Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in also sunny Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Tim, did you say 290? Yeah. 290. Yep. That is an excessive amount of podcasts. Why are we still doing this, Tim? What well, is the point? <laughs> I, I don't know if this is the start of a bit because this is something I think about all the time and my friends <laughs> uh-huh. ask like, wait, you have a podcast? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course I have a podcast. <laughs> you don't? Yeah. And um, done a few. we have been in the game now since 2014 with this edition. We did have the very limited return of the bike throw podcast. And then yeah. you guys may remember that I had the bike throw podcast back in like 2007, eight ish. Yep. in Minnesota cycling. So mm-hmm. I love podcasting. I think it's fun. I think the reason I keep doing it is I get to talk to my uh, my best dudes once a week about cycling. And I got to admit, I'm pretty sure we're going to be ramping up how, how many episodes we're going to be pushing out for the <laughs> foreseeable future as we yep. will all be around our computers. Yeah. Now, yeah, not, not a lot else going on. Spencer, mm-hmm. do we want to give at all a little bit of a... Um, snippet of what we are working on there's something that we were discussing earlier i can't wait it's going to mostly yeah. be over on the youtube channel do we want to even or just kind of wet the whistle a little i mean this idea is extremely good and i i, I do i don't mind teasing it but at the same time we have not vetted this idea whatsoever yet we haven't yeah. tested it we haven't done any it is still a glimmer in our collective mm-hmm. imagination so i'd like to get I'd like to have it a little more tangible before we okay. really go out there. But we do have some plans for, for some YouTube content, which uh, could be very exciting. And there may be some crossover on the podcast feed. So just keep your eyes out for it. But there is, you know, we're working on some things here. Very excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure awesome. Tim won't let you miss it. Yeah. Well, there's that. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of other things to talk about. Um, we are going to spend a good amount of time uh, fixing pro cycling, especially in particular the calendar, as that is going to be completely oh, reworked. Um, perfect time. Like anywhere you go right now, there's obviously bigger conversations. We wish all of our listeners the best with health and all of that. And we will yeah. just quickly say that uh, we are not supportive of um, events that are still happening in which there's a gathering of cyclists, mostly just because we're subscribing to the whole social distancing theory. I'm happy you guys are on the other side of the country away from me. But yes. um yeah, you know, I guess yeah, I, guess. Of, I don't know. Like, I've never, we do have a soapbox. We're gonna make it very clear that uh, if you're going on a big group ride, you shouldn't. And all because I, we listen to experts. And then also, if you're promoting a race, I know it sucks. I know it absolutely sucks because you've invested a lot of time and money. You have to do what's best for society, and that would be right, not yes. having the event. Right. We know. You know. You, the three of us, uh, collectively know something about trying to put on an event when something goes horribly wrong that is out of your control completely. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, we had a uh, criterium 
at one point that we uh, uh, promoted uh, at the University of Minnesota campus in uh, in Minneapolis. And uh, the weekend of, of our race, the Thursday before, yeah. that 35W Interstate Highway Bridge fell down into the Mississippi River uh, and is about, I don't know, a quarter mile from our course. And the only way that they could get down to investigate the bridge collapse was through the was course. Through the course. Yeah. Um, um, and, and we persevered, like we pushed it. We were like, we're going to figure it out. We're going to work with, you know, we're going to, you know, open and shut gates and like, get this, get these cars through that need to get through. And, and like, you can always make it happen. But like, this is not that, like, this is a different thing where like, it, it's, it's not just an inconvenience. It's well, a, it's a, a bigger issue. Let me go to this. Uh, just, there's, just being there's able cycling. to make it happen despite the uh, the hardship, you know? There's cycling leaders out there that we appreciate, that we respect, and we want to that do a lot for cycling as a community. We hope that they are also the ones that are st- helping step up to, you know, spread the word that we do need to subscribe right. to this to help protect the more vulnerable in society. Um, that being said, Spencer, the last couple of minutes yeah. talking about this, is this your bid to get Dirty Cancel canceled? I mean, I think it's the responsible thing to do at this point. I do too. Uh, from my point of view, I don't see any reason why this event should go on whatsoever. It would just uh, be, you know, you know, it would buy, you know, uh, good faith from the community. It would buy, uh, uh, you know, like a lot of brownie points, and it would buy me uh, an entire twelve months to uh, get uh, get prepared. So, um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think it's a win, win, win. That's definitely uh, a good, everyone. uh, good way to spin it. I, I think that, uh, you know, we trust all of the, inve- um, organizers of events, especially now after USA cycling has taken a lead for anything that's associated with USA cycling now has been mm-hmm. delayed at least through April 4th. It, you know, plus side, we hope that that is the case, but you know, the more and more you read on this, it is going to be a little bit longer, um, delayed, but that being said, um, you know, everyone stay safe out there, but let's. There, there is still a lot to talk about. We have some great emails. Oh we have some so uh, great Aslo rides. Right away, the first one comes into us. We got a great uh, question sent over to us that has to do with this idea that the Olympics may be canceled, right? Uh-huh. So if the Olympics are going to be canceled, let's assume that it is, worst case scenario, the, the Olympics are canceled. The question that we got, and this one comes to us from a friend of the podcast, Chad. He asks, uh, hope you're well. Question for you. If the Olympics get canceled... Will Greg Van Van Evermet get to ride his gold bike for another four years? It's a good question. Uh, so hang on, let's clarify this just just a little bit. Does he get to, or will he? Like, I think those are two very different. That's things. a very good question. I mean, well, first off, who gets to decide that he uses a gold bike anyway? Like, I could ride on a gold bike, right? Like, I don't think that that's like a UCI requirement. No, no, not at so, all. So but um, he would get to like the question. Will he? I, I see where you're getting at. The will he is the bigger question. I right, sure hope like to his, God his he does. Four- <laughs> you got you got to keep things normal, right? Like during this time, we need to keep things moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Like nothing has changed. We need to rebound in two months when we all come out of this together and stronger. Yeah. We need to sit there and go. You know what? Things haven't changed. One of those things that haven't changed is GVA is still the Olympic champion. Now, see, I think we're going to come down on different sides of the fence on this one, Tim. Um, unfortunately, I think the four-year reign 
of an Olympic champion, whether or not the next edition of the Olympics happens, uh, that rain is up and that bike needs to get a respray. To a, just like a, like an old gold, like just a little bit different gold color. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that needs to go back to the team, the regular team livery. Um, really? you know, uh, you, you're, you have earned the right for four years and it expired. It's but like, who's, a, um, who's you know, taking it it's away like from you, Spencer? Like, who who beat GVA in the Olympic road race? No one. Time, Father Time beat him. <laughs> you know, Tim, if you buy a uh, a gift card from Starbucks, uh-huh. you know, you might not notice on the back. It says, you know, if you don't use this all up within four years, uh, we're just gonna, <laughs> you know, the remaining balance is just gonna be. We're just gonna take that from. Trick question. So. I don't go to Starbucks. I go to Caribou. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Little guy, you're you're gonna have to be the arbiter of doom here. Uh, does GVA uh-huh. get to keep the gold or not? I think he keeps it. Thank you. I'm kind of. I think I'm going. Now, hang on. Do you think he keeps it because he's GVA and he's just gonna keep it, or do you think uh, cycling, um, you know, the 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 ethical standard rule of cycling uh, allows for him to keep it? Well, I, I think and like you're saying different? that there's not really there's not really a rule regarding flaunting no. your your Olympic gold in the pro peloton. Mm-hmm. There's no hard, so it is all norms. So I, I think he's in uncharted waters, but I think he keeps it. I think he's still the champion. I mean, uh-huh. I I think there's a likelihood if the Olympics are canceled, maybe they just bump him back to next year. Maybe it's not another four year thing. Maybe it just gets delayed by a year. In which case, I think that's. An easier stance to say that he keeps it if the Olympics just get pushed back a bit. Maybe if it's another four years and they just don't do the Olympics at all till four years sure. later, um, I think that maybe then can, he should consider not the gold because so, then that does maybe feel a little excessive to me. Can I take this to the next to the logical extension of this? Oh, I don't know if you're going where I'm going, that, but I'm willing to take it to the next step. Too. Okay, the next step. I'm going to just say this: Nino Schurter needs to get rid of the gold on his bike and just. Matthew Vanderpool shows up wearing gold anyway, because we know we know Matthew <laughs> Vanderpool is going to win the gold medal in Japan on the mountain bike. Okay, is that where you were going, Spencer? No, that's completely out of uh, yeah. left field here. By that logic, then like GVA would have to give it up because I'm pretty sure it's Valverde or Nibali who's going to win the Olympics this year. Is, if it goes, is ahead. Remco going? Is Remco qualified? Because uh... Remco will Remco's going to win the time trial, so he'll just wear it. Is that still an event? Okay, the time so trial. Oh, you know, yeah, oh, you yeah. guys, I was thinking about this earlier. Bike races are all canceled. Are time trials bike races? Because we don't no. consider like, uh, <laughs> no, getting, not. getting, uh, getting a Strava segment, a bike race. That's just getting a segment. Time trials right. are just you riding by yourself. They're not bike races. Right. They never have been. They never I will be. That's why the British call them tra- testing. I can't believe time trialing is like an event. Is it going to save cycling? Are time trials going to save cycling in this time of need? Well, you'd have to not like get near each other at the start so that it'd have to right. be like remember we talk about this one cycle how, how in the uk they used to do road races were canceled so that's how they got really into like uh time trials yeah. so they would show up in the middle of the night and you'd have to wear all black black clothes <laughs> and you would like set uh-huh. off at large distances away from each other so if if like a, a bobby passed by he couldn't uh-huh. shake his nightstick at you and then comically yeah. chase you with like Benny Hill music. I think that's how it works in the UK. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I don't know. That's what it's, it's potential there. Little guy. Um, no, Tim, where I was going with this, 
is uh, completely different. Um, I wasn't thinking about mountain bike at all as the Olympic um, discipline, but I was thinking if GVA is able to keep his gold bike uh, into 2017, or um, sorry, 2021 and whatever beyond um, when these Olympics would have expired for him, uh, and that's assuming he was not going to win again this year. Let me just put that out. Um, what happens if someone like uh, Vinokurov or Sammy Sanchez were to unretire, come back into the pro peloton, could they also then ride a gold bike because they are former Olympic champions? That's a very good point. I, I would say yes. I think you could have multiple gold bikes because, you know, if you had, um, I don't even know who some of the Olympic, uh, like, you know, you look at like some of the track guys, right? Who's the guy that won the Omnium? That was the... Uh, oh, who knows? Who uh, cares? Viviani. That's <laughs> Elia Viviani. He should be wearing the gold yeah. bike. And he should be riding the gold bike. He's got some gold and every on, time his, he's, on his bike. Yeah, yeah, on the track, that's fine. We're talking road here. Let's he, let's just keep let's no, narrow I this think, focus. I think he has some gold on his road bike. I think he does too. He has gold trim on his sleeves, doesn't he? Does maybe a touch. That's okay. But I'm mm. I'm just saying, Vinokurov unretires. Astana runs into some salary uh, issues, and they can't pay their riders, and they need uh, they need somebody to step in. So, so Vino steps up comes out full flashy gold bike. Hey, I'm the former Olympic champion. I can do this. GVA set the precedent. Now, you know, 50 years from now, all the bikes in the Peloton are gold. So that's yeah, a big problem. Yeah. So Viviani had a gold bike when he was on Sky. Like the front half of his Pinarello was gold. I haven't mm. found the gold Did Bradley Wiggins have a gold one? Because wasn't he on the Pursuit team? Yeah, I mean, half the team, ha- all, I guess every he's not British rider anymore, so it really has matter. won a gold at some point yeah. on the track, right? Yeah, so. I think all of well, except Mark Cavendish. Um, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he's that busy. One hurts. He's busy. Just crashed everybody. He's won the gold. He's won the gold. <laughs> you think so? Yes, I'm pretty sure he's won. Maybe he hasn't. I'm he going did, back. He didn't qualify for the Olympics this time, so he definitely didn't win it in 2016 because Viviani won the Omnium. So I don't. But didn't he win with? He won the pursuit with Brad, I think. <sighs> Little guy, I don't all know. Right. Where all right? We're Garrett we're Thomas won in rabbit hole. Garrett Thomas won in 2012. Uh, no, this is a really okay. good rabbit hole to be on. Um, I, I'm, I, I, I'm scrolling through. I don't see him. I'm going to go to 2008. Oh, he never did. I'm going to go to 2008. I don't think Cav- this is a, the big failure of Cavendish. And then Wiggins also won it in 2008. I, and Chris Hoy dominated that year. He, you know, this year there's going to be um, four new events in the Olympics, and hopefully it will happen because uh, BMX freestyle is now an Olympic sport, yes. which is super so badass. But um, Spencer, did... Uh, how excited are you that the Madison is now an Olympic sport again? Because there's the women's Madison and the men's Madison. Oh, I'm excited. The Madison is maybe the most fun and terrifying event to watch uh, and also to ride. Um, yes. Yes. Some, the scariest part of the Madison, Spencer, is when you notice that your Madison partner is in the infield and you're still <laughs> out there. That is the scariest part. Have you experienced that? I have not. Um <laughs> Why yeah, am I? Uh, so that's weird. Well, it's weird. I don't know. We'd like to thank Chad for the question. We clearly got the yeah. answer that GVA can rock gold. Um, guys, let's. Mm. Uh, yeah, little guy. Oh, I was going to say. Speaking of track racing, I <laughs> I'll admit. I want to admit right now. I'm the unifather. Um, I was unicycling behind uh, Tom Boone and Tom Boone mm-hmm. this week, and um, he's on his Strider, and so I would unicycle with him around the block. And I don't know if you guys ever saw the videos of um of of 
Chris Hoy training on like a turbo trainer back in the day. And then he would do his interval and then he would collapse onto a mattress that they just had next to the bike because he would do such oh, a wow. hard interval. Was he on a trainer? Yeah. Was he on a trainer or uh, rollers? Sorry. Rollers. I, I don't know. One of the two. But he's doing like his, his, his training intervals and he would train. He would do such insane intervals that he wouldn't be on the track. He would just like literally just like tip over and fall on a mattress and like. So he had to be on rollers. Writhe in agony. Yeah. That's how I felt. I've I haven't done an <laughs> interval this hard in years. I would chase him on the the unicycle. I would get half to almost full way down my block, and I would like have to pop off, and then I would try to stand, and I just had to like collapse onto the ground. Because you're doing like 300 RPM, like your cadence, like 300. Yeah, and my 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 thighs. I it was hard, man. It was the best training. So- that gets to the Ask so Slow Ride tough. that we got from uh, Zach Schuster, a friend of the pod and also co-host of the Grodio. It says, which one of the Slow Ride boys would most likely would be most likely to unicycle? Um, as if there was any doubt, uh, Spencer, <laughs> yeah, no doubt that you all. and I would either A, know how to unicycle or B, even try to unicycle. Um, it is clearly the little guy's territory as the uh, yes. unicycler of the family. Good training. Now, guys, we did have a kind of a weird, um, almost morbid curiosity with professional racing that has happened in the last week, including an epic uh, Paris-Nice stage yesterday uh, mm-hmm. with nearly empty roads, empty finish line, except when you zoomed in on the finish line photos, they would show like super big crowds behind the fencing. So like within yeah, the town, there, there were still... Sneaky crowds. Yeah, there's still yeah. like uh, a lot of people. Um, Nairo Quintana... Uh, will go down as the winner of the 2020 cycling season for winning the last race that mattered. That was fantastic to see. (laughs) T. Spanut did put in a sweet little attack to get second overall in Paris-Nice. But uh, anything you guys want to touch on on uh, this? I mean, just the morbid curiosity, maybe the kind of just knowing that this possibly could be the end. I mean, they canceled today's stage. Like, where are you at? How exciting was this Paris-Nice that, like, you weren't sure if the next stage was going to be the last one. Like it made mm-hmm. every stage, like they raced it differently. Yes. I thought everything was all out. It's almost like uh, how it was supposed to be when they didn't have race radios. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I've, I mean, I felt a hundred percent. I felt 50% guilty watching every stage. Cause it felt right. you know, as teams were dropping out and things. And also it was the best Perry nice I've ever seen, I think. Um, so Yeah. It was great racing. I don't know. Higinta? Come on. Tease? You're a big fan. Get it. You know, there's... He, dude, he's three feet tall, and he was hanging yeah. <laughs> in the crosswinds, like, right behind all the, like, giant classics riders. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah, you're not calling out uh, Kangert. You know? You're, you're Estonian... Kangert rode great. You're Estonian he, he challenger rode, for the national yeah, title. He was, but he was he's a regular-sized human. That's the thing. Yeah. He's a normal-sized human being. No, he gets it was great. I want I want to talk about how uh, Shockman. I think he is a deserved winner in many ways. He he led it from start to finish, except he shouldn't have been awarded the same time on the sixth stage because he crashed himself in that finish trying to chase Teese, and they they gave him the same time because it was under three k, which is not how the three k rule should work. And then he, I think he won the GC by eighteen seconds. So I'm pretty sure. So- T should be the winner. Tim, you should be more upset by this. I think. Well, I, yeah. I didn't see Sounds this part, like to be perfectly clear. In fact, the only stage I watched was after I was getting never-ending text messages from friends saying, Nairo's on fire for the last stage. <laughs> um, oh, it was great. And I absolutely loved watching it. I 
can you explain? Look, he crashed himself out. Like, is this like one of these crashes that people used to do in the 90s when they heard USADA was showing up to test? No. And they're like, oh, well, I better just <laughs> crash out of the crit so no one can get me. All right. So the sixth stage on Friday was a uh, super twisty descent into the finish. I will say to ASO, as much as it was slightly unethical in ways that the race kept going, they have learned something from since they bought the Volta and that they now know how to throw an interesting bike race and find interesting courses. Um, super amazing twisty descent into this town. And Tease was off the front and, and Shockman just pushed it too hard on like the third to last corner and just slid out and hit the barriers on the far side of the corner. But he got the and, same time as... Yeah, he got what, what at the same time. So oh, okay. in no way was this anyone, nobody else crashed. He didn't have a mechanical. He just overcooked the corner trying to stay with the group and not lose his lead. And you know it shouldn't it shouldn't have been, but so it's almost I mean, you're you're kind of suggesting, or an adjacent argument would be, that if you're within the last three kilometers and you think that you're gonna, you know, not like get dropped, you might as well just take yourself into the barriers, like find yeah, a soft like, landing, like oh there's there's a grass median over there, like eh. well to- totally if that was I mean yeah if they're gonna award it that way. He crashed and it was pretty obvious. He, I mean, he really skid out. But you could simply just like do the thing where you you know you're not going to make it around the corner, so you just keep going straight and hit the brakes. You could just do that and then go, oh, oops, and get the same time. You know, what I mean, yeah. I don't know. It so, whatever. It was a great race. It's not the end of the world, but I do think. Can I at the end of the day? I think Tease should have been the winner. But it would have been great to see Tease be the winner. Absolutely. Um, I will go back and watch several more of these stages because I have them all recorded. So I'm. You know, I haven't demanded my money yeah. back from NBC Sports uh, Gold yet, <laughs> uh, or or Flow Sports. So there's definitely a lot of uh, you know archived race footage. But guys, I gotta point something out here. On the final stage, okay. good friend of the podcast and public enemy number one in cycling, Julian Alaphilippe, lost six spots, went from tenth <laughs> place to finish sixteenth place overall in the GC. Yeah, oh. super pro move. S- Super yeah. pro move. Is this Julian Alaphilippe's attempt to show us that he is, in fact, a good guy? Yeah, probably. I mean, he also put in a great attack and it just didn't work. So I think I think he's showing us that all around that he's a good guy. Yeah, I think he's, he's trying to get back in the good graces. Because we got a sure. great email that I want to get into. This comes to us from Paul Rigby, friend of the pod. Gents, it's not true that Julian Alaphilippe is the bad guy of the Peloton. In this month's Ruler magazine, Patrick LeFay, the godfather of Quickstep, says this of Alaphilippe. I wish every mother or mother-in-law had a son like Julian Alaphilippe. There's nothing bad in his character. He takes care of his family, friends, teammates, and fellow riders, girlfriends, and wives. I, I don't know if that <laughs> was plural. Why did he add that? Why did he add that part? I don't know. It's creepy. Okay, so <laughs> okay. I added... In the last piece, but LaFayette <laughs> suggests that you go around the team in the Peloton, you won't find one person who hates Alaphilippe. It would seem selfish. That would seem to settle the matter. No. Loving the podcast as a recent arrival from Mitch's life in the Peloton, Paul regards Paul Rigby in the UK. So, guys. Thanks, Paul. I'm just going to throw this yeah. out there. Or Spencer, do you want to mm. take this one? This is softball from Paul here about, I mean, Patrick LaFayette so- coming to the defense of Alaphilippe yes. saying he is a good which, guy at heart. Noted which makes perfect sense. Man. The, the, the argument sounds legitimate, uh, on the surface. Uh, 
But I think it falls apart quickly if you just start to, uh, you know, dig, just scratch at that a, just a little bit, and you um, you say, oh, what what team is Alaphilippe on, and what uh, team does uh, Lefebvre run? Yeah. Uh, it's the same one. Okay, so he's not really going to say, he's not going to throw his guy under the bus. And, like, well, and also, like, if there's one guy that would... Yeah, the next thing you look at, you know, if I were the uh, the, the inspector from uh, Scotland Yard, the next thing I'd look at is the reputation of uh, of the person making the statements and be like, hmm, what are they, you know, where are they, what, what's their background? Yeah, noted, little, noted little, feminist, little dodgy. Patrick Lafarge. <laughs> little dodgy. Um, yeah, I think it falls apart quickly. I think uh, in the end of the day, you could say it's exactly the kind of thing that uh, the boss of the worst guy in the Peloton would say. <laughs> yeah, I he can't, he, whatever, he's a great bike racer. Yeah, I don't think he's the worst guy in the Peloton, but I I think he is the perfect uh, cycling villain. And I think uh, anyone coming to the villain's defense, that's exactly what they would say. It's what we'd expect them to say, and it works. It fits in perfectly, uh, the next puzzle piece, to his his villainy, his legend of villainy. So, um, yeah, it's great. Like, thanks for pointing this out. Uh, You're only building up the the canon around it, so we can uh, keep filling out this this character for him. (laughs) Absolutely, I, I would just say that, uh, Paul. Thanks for the email, but you, you didn't you didn't convince us the other way, right? <laughs> no, no. Hey, yeah, he yet. can try again. He's welcome to try again. Absolutely, awesome. Yeah, keep keep <laughs> so sending them in, people. We are also going to do our best after the prem lap here to talk about the future of cycling and how we're going to fix it, and uh, make sure you stick around. But first, let's get to. Uh, Michael Matthews down in Australia to tell us what he's doing during the next three weeks. I'm Ellen Noble, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, we are back. We are here with the Prem Lap, and we want to remind you that we are brought to you by our good friends over at Works. Works are the creators of the HydroShot Power Cleaner, the ultimate device in cleaning your bike after any type of ride, including gravel or mountain. So anytime you get a little dirt on your bike, reach for the Works Power Cleaner, HydroShot Power Cleaner. You go to yourcleanbike.com and use the code GEARUP to save 15%. We got a great email from a listener of the pod that was telling us about a little hack, if you will. This comes to us from David Price. And David was saying, hey, you know what else Works works makes that's great is a cordless leaf blower, which works with the same battery pack as all the other tools. And the cordless blower can be used to dry your bike off after you wash it with the HydroShot. (laughs) It can be used to get the water off the floor as well. That is pretty awesome. I'm sure that, pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm sure funny, that's exactly what they had in mind. Yeah, funny he would mention that. It it is a great thing available. We may know a thing or two about it. Yeah, we might we might, yeah. we might have some uh, some some giveaways competitions in the future. Yeah, we definitely have some giveaways uh, coming up. Uh, thanks for that subtle reminder, little guy. We will work through that in the coming weeks as we get going. But head over to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code GearUp to save fifteen percent on all that Works has on offer. And this week we are also uh, brought to you by Whoop. Uh, Whoop.com is where you can go to find the new Whoop 3.0 fitness tracker. It is a wrist-worn heart rate monitor. 
that pairs to uh, the Whoop app, and that provides you analytics and insights uh, on your recovery, on your strain, and on your sleep that you're uh, that you're putting into your body as an athlete. Those are the important things you need to know about. Um, and you can save yourself uh, 15% off of a 12 or 18 month uh, subscription over at whoop.com when you use the promo code WAP uh, when you check out. Um, you were saying you needed to start training for next year. I mean, just hit it hard, dude. You got a year now. Cancel's still going to happen. It might not happen this year. I mean, they haven't canceled it yet to full defense it, of, it, of it looks like the, oh my heart rate's in the red now uh i'm getting an alert right <laughs> you now need at least um, a year to use this thing yeah my stress seems high uh now um head Just on over to whoop.com check out the, the the info they've got over there it is actually a really useful tool um it'll keep track of your calories burned all that stuff average heart rates resting heart rates all those things my god Resting heart rate can be one of the most annoying things to try and uh, capture. Uh, we've talked about that before. And uh, just make it easy on yourself. And um, check out whoop.com and save yourself 15% with the code WAP. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. I'm Anthony Clark, just hanging out, sliding into the Slow Ride podcast. All right, so we were over on our secret Twitter account getting ready for a wonderful podcast. And Spencer, you had probably one of the best ideas that I have seen you come across. But um, do you want do you want to introduce that for a little bit, and then we'll get into uh, the final uh, Aslo rides? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we we may as well uh, work on this. Um, so as we know, uh, many many of our our favorite cycling events uh, from this spring, starting with. Melanson Remo and Strada Bianca have all been either canceled or postponed or something. And the calendar is just completely up in the air right now, um, which seems to me to be the perfect opportunity for cycling to fix all the calendar issues that it has. We can, we, we more or less have a clean slate uh, yeah. going into so we can move. 2021. So we can, what you're saying is, um, Now's the time if we want to move some date conflicts. Um, Tour of California wants to come back and not be on the same month as the Giro. Sure. Uh, well, you know, what do we do yeah, with the training we've races got so in Australia? Many, so many of these events are, are grandfathered into their spot because they've been happening for 120 years <laughs> yeah. or something like this. And um, I think, I think uh, you know, we could really do some good and clean up this this calendar and make it more cohesive and make more sense potentially, um, so, you know, with a little, little elbow grease and here on the slow ride podcast, that's what we're willing to do. So, you know, nobody else is brave enough to take this on, so I th but I think we might be the ones to fix it. Okay. So I think what, let's do a round table. We don't really need to do a, um, a draft if you will, but I do think that we each have some different ideas that could come out there as uh, suggestions. Um, uh, yeah, I've got it to go So I've been putting a lot of thought into this. So naturally okay. I'm going to go first. Um, <laughs> okay. I would like to say that Milan San Remo should no longer be a spring classic and should actually okay. be pushed back to be within some kind of two week window with Lombardia so that the, 
the monuments right. of cycling kind of have, uh, you know, they're mat they're matched up a little bit better, if you will. And you have the two in Italy kind of as the end of the season thing, you know, like you're going into Milan, uh, or you leaving Milan, you go into San Remo for the sprinters, and then you have Lombardia for the uh, the more rollers, if you will. What do you guys think? Nah, I don't agree with it, but whatever. You can have your. <laughs> uh, Tim, that's a, that's maybe a fine idea and all, but like, uh, how does it fit in? Do you have a whole structure yeah. for the the entire year, well, or did you just want to make that one? No, change? I do because the Volta's the the Volta's going to open up a lot of time because that's going from three weeks to two weeks. So okay, all so, right. <laughs> that's uh, what I, see, this is what I've so, been. So the Volta's, this is what I'm legitimately afraid of with this. With this, so, so the Volta <laughs> Volta's going to two weeks. Week. Still be still okay. in September. So then you're going to yeah. have Milan San Remo okay. after the Volta, kind of right around the World Championships. Okay. So you have the World Championships, then you have Milan San Remo, which would be the debut. So like I'm talking September to October here, and then you've got Lombardia, and then you cap it off naturally with the Japan Cup. Um, Japan Cup still stays where it is because just logistic nightmare of traveling around the world to get to such an important race. You got to be a bookend. Um, that's kind of where I'm starting. As where I'm struggling is I do believe the Giro and the Tour are perfectly placed in the calendar in May and July, so I don't really want to mess with them that much, to be perfectly honest. Um, the only challenge is Dirty Kanza, being at May 30th, may have to go to either uh-huh. June or April to really make its effort to be part of the UCI um, yeah, calendar. that's true. Oh. Yeah, yeah i got to consider that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Little guy, what do you got in mind? Do you have a, a kind of a structure made out, or or should I lay out what I've got on the table here? Uh, and you no, can just sort you of lay, critique you it. Lay out what you want. I'm just, I'll just be the <laughs> negative Nelly here. Oh, you already are. Okay. I'll be the one for tradition. I'll be I'll be the the, the grumpy so you, old man who's 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 afraid of change because I am. You like usually. it how it is. I do like You're, all the confusion. That's one of my favorite things about <laughs> cycling is that it doesn't okay. make any sense. And I kind of, oh, and that's a, I kind of want to resist the streamlining. And like when people talk uh, about trying to make cycling more like Formula One or like profitable and things, I'm like, no, what I like is that it's bonkers and it's dumb. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get it, little guy. Uh, and that's a legitimate position to have. He's always had wanna, that position. I don't want to. You know, he, yeah. little guy's a big fan of the Adriatico and Paris Nice same week. I am, but though I am questioning that after watching just the greatest Paris-Nice of all time. So in a way, I don't know. I maybe maybe I've been wrong. I'll admit. <laughs> all right. Well, let me let me hit you with what I've got here because I've I've tried to flip this whole thing on its head and really make some sense out of this. So what I'm going to do is kind of break this whole thing up into three distinct periods: uh, a spring, a summer, and a fall. Okay. Um, and in for spring classics, we're going to focus on Liège, Fletch, Amstel, Paris-Nice. Um, Milan San Remo will be in there, but after all of those, it'll be kind of the, the big one-day uh, finale. Um, and then we're going to have the Giro uh, in with the spring. Then we're going to follow that up. Um, but logistically, <clears throat> can you really have the Giro in the spring, though? There's still snow on the mountains even in May. It's in May right now. It'll be it'll be kind of the same same time zone. Uh, Giro generally staying in the same spot, and uh, and then you've got your your Hammer Series uh, number one in there as well. Um, so that's where teams are going to get their points. So no spring so classics playoffs. in Belgium is what I'm missing out here. I didn't hear right. Flanders. No. Are you, you no, thinking to bookend it? So you still want to do Strada 
but then move Milan San Remo to the end of the classic so it's yeah. sort of like an Italian spring sandwich. Strata can still be like the start. In spring. Yeah, so what I'm going for is kind of the the hillier races in the springtime. And I'm getting the cobbled ones out of there. They're they're moving to fall. To fall. That's how this is gonna work. Okay. So do all my favorite Italian one day races then also move to the spring? Like Amelia no, they just no, don't see, exist anymore like they currently little guy, exist. Uh, yeah. You guys, Hang on. I now, don't understand why you guys hate on this beautiful week I can, of Italian I can cycling. only d- I can only do so much. So I'm focusing on world tour level races here. I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm gonna say everything else stays where it is right now for for time savings. You, you only, okay, good. You, you um, eat a horse one bite at a so time. So let me let me I'm only is, one third the way through this, guys. This is gonna create more conflicts. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So for the fall season, uh I've got all of those cobbled classics. I've got uh I've got Flanders, Perry Roubaix, E3, Ghent, and then Lombardy is still gonna stay there, even though it doesn't quite fit doesn't really fit um, and then we're gonna have, <laughs> sure and then the the volta will also um or yeah the volta will also still be in Three the uh, in the fall season there um what about moving the volta back to spring like it was traditionally up until the 90s or something now see i've got this all mixed up I, w- I had to do a lot of edits on this as i was going so yeah. actually let me let me just get back to uh okay. going in order here because the volta i want the volta in summer um so we got spring, all our kind of hilly classics, all that stuff. Summertime, we we moved to Australia. That's where we do our whole all the races that are currently preseason. Are they're all going to happen in uh, what is Australia's winter? So things are pretty pretty good down there weather wise. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a, a full Aussie crit season. We're going to have the Tour down under, and uh, and then we're going to also have the Volta in Spain happening in summertime. And uh, and a hammer series to uh, again get people points for the playoffs, um, and then in the fall we've got all the cobble classics that I mentioned, and then leading up to the Tour de France, which is going to be the final of the season. Like that is what everybody's driving towards. Okay. It's going to be in September where the Volta is now, but it's still going to happen in France. It's going to be the Tour de France, and only the top fifteen teams are going to get oh, in. So it's like a playoff system to get in. Yeah, you need to qualify to get in the Tour de France. It's not just every World Tour team. It's not whatever. It's it's all these teams, in, uh, and then they need to qualify to get sorry, in. Sorry, Katusha. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah. to mention data. Sorry, um, Monty. And the other big thing about my calendar is that I'm putting the World Championships in the spring season. Would you put them in the spring? Or, like, so what, how are you using January, February, the spring training? I mean, that could be a cool World Championships, right? Like right off the well, That'll gun. be Columbia, yeah. Um, I'm going to put the world championships in spring because I want, I want a few races like Fletch and Amstel and stuff to happen, maybe Perry Nice and then hit worlds as kind of the, um, you know, uh, culmination of that spring season. And then that winner of worlds gets to ride that Jersey for the rest of the year. Whereas now at the end of the season, they win, they get maybe one race in it before we don't see them again until the next. So year. it could be like a, and it's guaranteed entry into the tour. Like whatever team they're on, they, they get maybe to yeah maybe. Um, I kind of like this idea of the tour being at the bookend, Spencer. That's the that's one one of your better ideas um, that I've heard. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it makes the too other much two, sense. That's the problem. Yeah, the Giro and the Vuelta. Uh, you know, if you want to screw things up, they could be two weeks to save some time in there, uh, uh. build build some room for other races, really make little guy angry. <laughs> um, yeah. I hadn't considered that, but when little when uh, Tim said it, I was like, oh yeah, maybe I need to do that too. 
Very, very interesting. I like it, Spencer. That's a that's a good start, little guy. What do, what are you thinking? What are your general thoughts on the calendar and how it could be improved? I don't want to change things a great deal. I would say we should move the Volta back to the springtime and maybe okay. even move it up a little so that um, basically it starts right after Paris and Torino, right? So, like, you can go do Milan, San Remo, and then maybe head straight to the Volta, or they could basically start at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. So that why we, when we've got a Grand Tour and we got the Cobble Classics happening at the same time. Okay. okay. Then we get the Giro. So then we go Volta Giro Tour like we used to do. We bump Worlds up so it's maybe mid-August. So you come out of the tour and you maybe got two weeks. So guys can use the tour, uh, mm-hmm. use that tour form at the world so we can get our our grand tour like riders like Ulrich who used to get super lazy after the tour to make them keep that form a little bit longer yeah and then so you move that up and then i think you move a lot of those sweet augusts like uh tour of belgium and uh the bink bank and all that sort of like um mini tour like uh, small one week um, stuff that happens in August. Cause right now there's a ton of racing in August and into early September, like before the Volta that kind of goes forgotten, mm-hmm. I think, cause we all come off that mm-hmm. tour high. But I think if you had that, you had a little break, then you had worlds. Then a lot of times then you'd have, you'd have this nice little, um, you'd have a nice block of racing and then you can move Lombardy and my little Italian classics favorite week up a teeny mm-hmm. bit into early October as opposed to a little farther, you know, it's a little farther in October now. And then that stuff can for surely have a little better weather. And then, uh, okay. the season okay. maybe ends a little sooner. Like, you know, well, so do you have a, a, a thing that you're building towards? Like with this, like is world still the, like the finale or, well, I think it's it a little bit in the tour. Mix? So then it goes Volta. There's, there's no safe. So now the Volta is the safety, right? Which is, which right. has got its, we, I think we've, all agreed it has its benefits because you guys you get guys that do can do the giro volta double or you guys guys that crash out of the tour they can do the volta so i i like this system but if i was gonna move any one big thing i would say move the volta back up and make it april volta well then guys could do the volta tour double right (laughs) let's just mix it up a little bit well yeah i mean you could do I think if you're going to do the tour, though, you would almost end up with a lot of these guys rather than doing... We'd have a little bit different racing in the Ardennes and stuff because you would have the guys going for the Giro doing that, but you wouldn't have so, uh, tour guys doing the Ardennes because they would have they would be doing the Volta. So I'm totally confused by your calendar. I, you've been moving yeah. too much, like of Mr. Conservative. You're like, oh, yeah, like you moved uh-huh. everything around <laughs> and you've bumped up some weeks here and there. Hello, guy. I haven't heard the most important question. So, hello, guy. A, where's Tour of California on your uh, (laughs) list? Doesn't exist. Second, it it doesn't exist. Are you going to change the Volta leaders jersey from red to gold again? Because that was amazing when it was gold. The red. No, I'm going to make the I'm going to make the fish jersey the leaders jersey. I mean, that's been my position for years. That should be the leaders jersey. (laughs) I'm I'm basically kind of going back to the the 90s, the early 90s in the way. Imagine the 80s. Random geometric shapes on all the jerseys. Yeah, I want the. Just move it up, and then and then I think I think if Worlds was sooner, you, what you guys we get what you guys are talking about, you get more racing in the Worlds jersey, and especially you get a lot of classics guys winning the Worlds, then they can take it to Belgium and race all those like one week Belgian stage races that we already have that take in 
all the all the like cobbles and stuff of Flanders and whatnot, but we just don't pay attention to them as much in the West right now because we're we're off after the tour. Our brain shut off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we saw the professional cycling calendar crushed it. Absolutely. So yeah. let's yeah. get into um, one of the uh, quick uh, ask slow rides. This one comes to us from our friend Josh down at the Florida Cycling Nut. He says. My wife just reported that our 20-month-old daughter saw a bike ride past and without prompting yelled, go, bike, go. Have I created a monster? And then, of course, he includes some pictures of the young daughter riding a bike. So is that the sign of a monster in the family already identifying go, bike, go? Oh, it's a, it's a good sign. I'll say that. It is a very good sign. I love it. Um, I'm actually a uh, dad corner, little guy, a uh, little Naira, Nairo, I, I'm already getting them mixed up, guys. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> little yeah. Heimar, really loving his Strider uh, bike. He's really taking it around town. Um, I did tell you we took him to the BMX um, event that one time, so he wanted stickers all over his helmet. Um, I have taken to showing him bike videos, as you guys know, at night, and we have been watching a lot of BMX, like Olympic BMX racing videos. So I think it's just a matter of time before I take him to. BMX track of which USA cycling just hosted the BMX national championships. And there were three-year-olds on striders on the track, um, which was probably one of the cutest things I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, I can't wait to partake. Um, also in the market for a full face helmet for kids. I don't know where to find one yet, but I'm going to have to, uh, really get into that because, uh, they look really cool. Yeah. They do exist. Okay. Super, super there. Um, also, and, uh, we got, uh, let me see here. Just checking um, through. So yeah, with that, I think that uh, we we crushed the overall aspect of the show. But is there anything else you guys want to discuss? Man, I don't know. Coronavirus. It's kicking uh, our asses. It's That's kicking our asses. Everything's but we, canceled. Everything's canceled, but we will still be here. We have something up our sleeves. And I got to admit, guys, we are going to still bring it. So with that, little guy, I have a question for you. Who would have won Milan San Remo 2020? How would it have played out for all of our listeners? I think Nibali could have done it again. Uh, He was up there at Perinese. The form was good. He was, he was attacking. He, he, I think he had the crazy descent in the legs. So I'm just going to, so you're thinking the Nibali attack on the Poggio descent and it lasts. Obviously Tease is riding really well, but I would say that the descending of Nibali happens again. That's my my hope. I would, what do you guys think? I think this was the year Michael Matthews takes the win. He's been riding pretty strong under the radar. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh-huh. uh, it's a shame uh-huh. that he is not going to be able to win the 2020 Milan San Remo. He's clearly peaking at the absolute right time. And I will be the first to admit, I think that he was actually setting himself up to win this thing. He has been having good results, but he's also yeah. been so close in the past to these major breakthrough wins that eventually it was going to happen um, and fortunately for, unfortunately for us and the, the cycling <laughs> yeah, world as a whole, um, that's not going to happen. You know, I don't want to take it away from the guy. He'd probably be a pretty good heel champion of Milan San Remo. For sure. Yeah. But, uh, I see, I think you're, I think you could be right. He did. He was a good team. It is, is, is legitimately don't, 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 disappointed no, for guy, him. No. You know what I mean? Like little guy. No, I'm not going to let you do that little guy and sit here and, and, and tell Tim that, 
picking Michael Matthews was a good choice, I mean, like a potentially good choice. I cannot I in good conscience. Hey. Our listeners are crashing their cars purposefully right now into brick walls so they do not have to hear what you just said. I'm the first to admit it. It, it feels a little weird, but watching Perry Nice, he, he was riding well. He was covering moves. He was holding Ugh. off the peloton for Tease. He was he was being a good teammate, and it, it it could be the year of bling. It could be. We don't know yet, but well, who knows? Who's he wasn't going to win Milan Sin Remo. He wasn't going to win Milan Sin Remo. Right. This was who? This was Peter Sagan's race. No, really? is now he that, still racing he bikes? Had, he yeah, he kind of looks bored out there. I got to admit. Because yeah, he was ready to win, his, and he Because his Bitcoin didn't take off as much as he thought it was going <laughs> to. Hmm. Sagan coin is tanked. Yeah, he is uh, he's in dire straits, as are we with our investment in Sagan coin. So, well, yeah, it's, it's going to be a rough uh, couple of months for us. So, friend of the pod, Michael so, Brown, did email us about this, guys. And he said, hey, you know, now is the opportunity, huge opportunity, uh, with the cancellation of all of the racing, it's our responsibility to report on the canceled races as if they happen. Just think of the possibilities. You get to decide who is foolish enough to get in the early break, who Johnny threw his bike at, and describe how Vanderpool sprinted four kilometers with two flat tires to win a classic. I think right there, Michael's giving mm-hmm. us the out that the you know Matthew Vanderpool was going to win this thing coming down from the Poggio. Um, riding a wheelie the entire way. We know that he can ride a wheelie for a seemingly long, infinite amount of distance. Yeah. So can Peter Sagan. Sagan, yeah. That's like yesterday's yeah. news. I, I wasn't even thinking about Vanderpool. I got to say, he's been out long enough with the early flu yeah. that I'm... And even before everything was getting canceled, they were this team was pulling him from races left and right. I feel like, I feel like he's sicker than they're letting on. You think so? I mean, he, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't see, I know he's Matthew Vanderpool and he shows up after not racing and races for two days and then he starts winning, like, but guess who's bad. It sort of felt like, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Maybe they're just really, they had to shelve him because his disappointing run of not winning once in the last six starts kind of, they were like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. He's, he's in a slump. So what do you guys think he shuts? So like spring is gone. So he shuts down the whole road season, right? And just goes off mm-hmm. to a mountain somewhere and trains to win the Olympics and the mountain bike. Yeah. I think that he's doing all he can right now to win the Olympics. And that's why he's probably was going to shut it down anyway. Cause you know, when, when does UCI mountain bike world cup start? And no idea with the idea well, that it they actually already canceled happens. one. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm so the, this is a side point. Obviously we got Milan center and we'll keep going through the fictional races. Who do you think say that we don't race again until mid May? I think, which is a pretty big possibility at this point. And the Giro's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you think shows up at the Dauphin and, uh, like, Tour Switzerland fit? And who shows up and hasn't done anything? Like, who are the riders who pull an Ulrich? And right as they saw the season canceled, they ordered a box of donuts. They had a lot <laughs> of beer in the fridge. And they're like, you know what? They Without that specific motivation. And who are the guys who are like... Well, the ones coming Maddie, back fit. The Maddie Heymans, who are on the turbo trainer every day. <laughs> the guy that's you know? coming back fit, for sure, is going to be Chris Froome. Because he has a point to prove. And this is yeah. just extra time for him. So 
He will, he'll be there. I worry about G Thomas after reading his book, the world according to G I'm starting to think, you know, he's very uh-huh. happy that he uh, took the yeah. tour de France victory. He's going to cash that check forever. And you know, he's a, he's a quality teammate. Yeah. So he also knows that since he's the teammate and not the chosen one on the squad that, uh, you know, he can kind of let it slide just a little bit. Um, those would be my, my two that come to mind right away. I'm both polar opposite of the same team. Um, but you know, wh- who do you think, little guy? Like, I mean, well, I kind of so, feel like any of the Colombian riders who are stuck in Europe now for the next two months are gonna not be that good. And every Colombian rider that got home before the travel restrictions and the lockdown everywhere, and and are at home with their family and are comfortable. And, and are going to be at altitude for two, three months, those guys are going to come back screaming fast. You think so? They're going to be and, eating a little and bit I think too much the, of mom's cooking. Only Carlos. Uh-huh. Only Carlos. The rest of them have discipline. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just think the, guy, the guys who now, who probably normally would have done this little spring block up to Perinese or Torino and then gone back to Colombia for a while and gotten to spend time with their family, who are now probably going to be stuck in Europe, I think those guys are going to, just be off or they're going to not want to be in Europe come July. Cause they're going to be like, man, I, I miss my family. Okay. I want to go home. That's my guess. Well, we will see. Time will tell fingers crossed that bike racing does return this year along with the health of the world. And with that boys, I think we had a quality episode. I'm looking forward to solving all of cycling's problems moving forward. We've revolutionized the calendar with a two week Vuelta, a build up to the Giro or build up to the we, tour, Spencer's greatest idea of all time. No, we and, didn't uh, agree on that. Yeah. Overall, I'm pretty stoked on how uh, this went, all things considered. So Yeah. With that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. I want to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. In particular, I'd like to thank Works for their HydroShot power cleaner. Head over to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code GEARUP to save 15%. And our friends at Whoop, head to whoop.com to save 15% on your 12 or 18 month subscription and find out how your body is recovering using the promo code WAP at checkout. Yeah, uh, I'd like to thank BK1, Rhymesayers, for letting us use their music again for the 290th time. Crazy. It's insane. When are we going to get the cease and desist on that? We've got permission. We have a signed letter. I, I know we have permission, <laughs> but at some point they're going to listen to the podcast and be like, these guys are bozos. I can't believe we gave them permission. Oh, That's for awesome. sure. Hey, little guy, this is where you go. This is Matt. Oh, this is Matt in Minneapolis. I basically said that. This is Matt in Minneapolis. Did we start that? Yeah, we did, but Tim started Tim. it with the end. Yeah, I gave you guys the old in the uh, middle. You guys were changing up the calendar. I thought I'd change up the extra, uh, outro <laughs> just a little bit, all right? Oh, oh, the, the build-up yeah. build was to, you know, Spencer at yeah, the end. Yeah. He's the new Vuelta, or the new tour. Yeah. Uh, he did say goodbye, uh, and then I sort of said a thing, and then I didn't say goodbye. And yeah, I just goodbye. heard you talking for like 10 minutes, so I uh, sort of tuned out. But, uh, yeah, if we're at the end, um, yeah, uh, I think uh, – <laughs> Thomas DeGant and Tim Wellens will be uh, in good form coming back. Oh, they're gonna that's do right. I forgot packing. I totally asked you, Spencer, and I didn't listen to your answer. That is embarrassing. <laughs> 290. We are pros. Spencer, wait, you so, are wait, totally right about that. Let's get back. Spencer, Tim Wellens is going to be the one that, that is coming back fit and healthy? 
And this is Spencer in Boston, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.